Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am excited to be here with you in spirit. I'll think of you while you're listening to this. That's not true. I'm going to go back to my work. But we get together twice a week to chat with you in the room and uh, discuss the things that we are being challenged by in our lives and uh, ways that we are growing according to God's word and his character in, um, in an effort to share that with you and encourage you and challenge you in your walk, wherever you're at. So hopefully you leave with a little nugget that you get to think about and chew on for the rest of your day. This week, we've got Lou Hines. Hey, Chris. Wow. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah. Lou Hines, I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> Chris Moore, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Only full names from now on. <laughs> uh, Lou, you are the pastor who oversees worship amongst yeah. many other things here. And that makes you, you're, you're what some might call an artiste. You're a sensitive boy. <laughs> you're Come a on. thinker. <laughs> These are all ways I would describe myself. Oh, okay. I am an okay, artist. Yeah. I'm yeah. a sensitive boy. My wife refers to me as a sad boy. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always thinking about something contemplative and <laughs> esoteric. Oh, oh dear. Okay. Well, um, I see you with a notepad, which is unlike you, which has me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I mean, usually when I come, I really have no idea what we're going to talk about yeah. until like literally minutes before it's incredible. we start recording. And it's still gold. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on your little notepad? What are you thinking about? Uh, well, you and I went and got um, lunch two days ago. I remember that. Yeah. Burritos. Burritos. Can't go wrong Mm-mm. with the burrito. And um, yeah, we talked about the importance of relationship mm-hmm. and particularly in the context of like spiritual formation. So that's stuff that I've been chewing on. You know, we've already kind of discussed it. So I figured like, Hey, that'd be a good thing. Just jump back in to chat. Yeah. Chat yeah about. Absolutely. So <clears throat> what, what aspect of relationships are you mm-hmm. kind of ruminating on? Yeah. So I think it, part of it is my own propensity and that this is kind of where it ties into so I guess and to answer your question, what aspect of relationships? Mm-hmm. I guess what do you mean by that? What aspect of relationships? So in in what way is just is it just I have a relationship or oh. is it um, I'm formed by relationship or uh, relationships yes. mm-hmm. you know prove to be useful in these arenas? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's the aspect that relationships are a necessity. Mm-hmm when we come to spiritual formation. So I think, you know, if that's like the base idea of what we're talking about, I think it would be beneficial to kind of describe what spiritual formation is. And I know that we, I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, but it's bears worth, repeating. Yeah, it does. Spiritual formation is essentially the forming of your soul, of your spirit, your heart, I think is like what we could use like biblical, biblical language. Mm-hmm. And the heart is like the core, the center of who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and whether we like it or not, our soul, our heart, our spirit, whatever you want to describe it as is always being formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can, we can be doing that actively. Like when we read scripture or when we pray, 
when we take silence and solitude, you know, we would call like the classic spiritual disciplines. Yeah. But <clears throat> we're also formed just by everything around us. And we would call these like passive um, ways of being formed. Mm -hmm. So like the content that we take in through social media, the shows that we watch, um, the books we read, just like, and you know, just broadly, like just the culture that we live in yeah. has shaped us and mm -hmm. formed us. And so that's spiritual formation. Um, and if we want to be intentional, my argument is, today is that if we want to be intentional about spiritual formation uh, and becoming more like Christ, it needs to be done in the context of relationship mm -hmm. one with another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, James K. A. Smith in his book, uh, You Are What You Love, mm -hmm. describes that space, the heart, mm -hmm. as the throne of your affections. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. always described it as like an invisible organ or a, an engine inside mm -hmm. of you that, that is constantly taking you somewhere. Yeah. And he discusses this in the way of liturgies, which would be more more church historical language. <clears throat> as like really intentional forming practices mm -hmm. to um, to end up in the direction of a desired result mm -hmm. for your heart and your affections. Because we've all, you probably listen to music, right? Once a in a while, a little bit, a little bit of music in your okay. life. And you probably know what you want to listen to when you're in what moods mm -hmm. or what music you listen to and it puts you in a mood. Yep. So in, in that same way, like you're describing, Mm -hmm. Everything is kind of, we see it as white noise, but it's really informing mm -hmm. those affections and that heart and, and the mm -hmm. soul that we have in there. Yeah. And obviously we could take this to the extreme and be like, well, I just need to become a monk then because like, I don't want to like anything to affect me. I pack my, ba my bags. We're not doing that. <laughs> no, I'd encourage you not to. Um, so we don't need to become legalistic or extreme about it, but just the point is um, as Christ followers, we can't do this alone. We, we can't lone ranger it. Mm -hmm. um, we need other people in our lives. And so uh, if we are to uh, be like Christ. And so <clears throat> me, this is something that I've been convicted of as of late. It's because I'm an introvert. I mm -hmm. would say a pretty strong introvert. And so and I think we could classify the spiritual disciplines into like several different camps. But two of those camps could be private mm -hmm. um, disciplines. And I would consider these things like prayer, um, scripture memory, reading the word, silence and solitude. Obviously it's in the name, solitude. Right. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm in a solitude with so many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, or we can classify them as like corporate ones. And mm -hmm. so we could have that as like worship. Um, teaching could be in there. Prayer. Prayer. Yeah, mm -hmm. there is corporate prayer. Mm -hmm. But there's also these ideas of like, confession mm -hmm. and you know and typically i would argue that in our um, western um, churches we struggle with this one in particular mm -hmm. and i get it we're we're following in the protestant vein we're moving away from the the catholic church that was like you would confess to a priest right and so but in that i think we have also lost something where we we don't allow perhaps the depths of our heart to be viewed by other people Mm -hmm. because that's scary. Yeah, and I think this may be where we're going to go mm -hmm. eventually, but one of the things we miss out on that specifically is, in James it says, to confess your sins yeah. to one another mm -hmm. and you'll be healed. Yeah. So there is yep. very much another component than, yes. than something that uh, 
that maybe we have preconceived notions about it's valuable mm-hmm. stuff. So where do you find, you mentioned at the beginning, and I want to touch on it briefly, the necessity for relationships. Where do I find the necessity? For yeah. What, what do you see in scripture that says, this is why it's necessary oh, for us to yeah. have relationships? Yeah. <clears throat> A couple different things. One, you mentioned it, you know, uh, in James, mm. confess your sins one to another. And just a quick side note on that. I think that could be sin that you have done, but then also sin has been done to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Um, but then also along with that, I think we see that just in the triune nature of God. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we believe in the Trinity, um, God, three in one, you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And from everlasting to everlasting, they have been in a communal, intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> when we now have, well, they invite us into that mm-hmm. relationship and they invite us into that relationship with them, but then also one to another. So I, and, and Genesis says that we're made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? God is by nature a relational god and so we are by nature relational beings and if we try to deny that aspect of ourselves we're only going to do ourselves harm Mm -hmm. harm both to us personally but then also harm to the corporate gathering Mm -hmm. because we all need one another you know and um and so uh you know, I'm arguing for for truth and vulnerability, but I'm not saying like we just need to do that with everybody because right. um, that you need to be able to trust certain people mm-hmm. with the things in your heart. Nonetheless, you should search for those um, two to three people who you can mm-hmm. um, without fear of retribution or judgment or be like, this is what's going on, you know? Right. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just pragmatically, those are those are essential relationships that really allow for a space for thriving and flourishing with accountability and honesty, mm-hmm. care, proper care can't be done by yourself, you yep. know, under most circumstances. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I, I definitely see that as an extension of how God has designed us and made us to reflect him mm-hmm. in the Imago day. Yeah. So, so we've got kind of an idea of how this is valuable. We got an idea of, where we find our root in it, uh, is it too early to ask the question, how does this go wrong? And how are we fighting Mm -hmm. community that would produce the formation of our hearts? Um, How are we fighting it? I think, um, well, and kind of to my last point, if I understand your question, kind of to my last point, I think one of the ways it can go wrong is if we just share everything without a filter to everybody. No discretion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if that gets to your first question, um, like how can it go wrong? But that's one way for sure that it can go wrong. Certainly. What do you think it is that is driving an individual mm. who overshares? Because we've all met overshares. Yeah. And it's like they need a lot from the people around them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of creates that relational buffer yeah. that they're trying to break down. What do you think would help somebody who's constantly word vomiting for lack of a <laughs> more eloquent phrase? <laughs> yeah. Um, what would help them? I think the 
perhaps the desire is good to be known, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done in the context of like a trusted relationship. So that part of that is just like time, you know, and the person receiving that needs to be able to receive that in the spirit that it's intended, not just, you know, like nobody likes being like, um, uh, blindsided mm-hmm. and they would probably like to respond in a healthy way to what you're saying. So it's right. like, um, so care should be taken to choose the person and the, and allow for proper relationship mm-hmm. to grow, you know? Cause without, without discernment applied, mm-hmm. that will often produce the exact opposite effect yeah. relationally, mm-hmm. which will malform you instead of form you. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, definitely. so we've got overshare. Mm-hmm. Do we have an undershare? Yeah. I Over mean, I, under. <laughs> <laughs> the one, two. <laughs> I would say that that's probably, I don't know if this is like. Say it with full confidence. I mean, I, my. <laughs> don't fact check us. <laughs> yeah. My bent would be, um, I would imagine that's kind of where everybody falls is like, and maybe I'm just thinking like everybody thinks like me, but like, um, it's even hard for me to hike with those two to three people to Mm -hmm. be like, um, uh, totally transparent. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, there's any number of reasons, but, uh, I mean, if, if you go back to Genesis, it's fear and shame. Right. Right. So like when Adam and Eve, they, um, they eat the fruit. The first thing they do is they go and hide. Mm-hmm. from a God who's seeking them out and then they clothe their nakedness. So, um, I think that's, that's probably, if I could like boil it down. That's why we don't do it with, with really anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you, so it sounds like we're putting on masks to help mm-hmm. protect ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it's actually creating distance that would help reform yeah. as, has has the potential to help reform with um healthy ideas, healthy mm-hmm. affections, identities, yeah, with healthy people right who are discerning and wise <laughs> and godly, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And this is goes back, you know, you mentioning masks. This goes back to something that we talked about on Monday because um you and I share a mutual love and appreciation for C. S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And one of I think it was like actually C.S. Lewis's last work was called Till We Have Faces, mm-hmm. at least his last fictional work. And it's a modern retelling of a Greek myth. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you've read uh, Chronicles of Narnia, you, you understand that C.S. Lewis loved like mythology. Yeah. And so it was um, a myth that like always kind of bothered him. And so he wanted to do a modern retelling, but but in that, you see that the main character or one of the main characters always wears a mask. And towards, I don't want to like ruin the book, so I, I won't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It is really good. But um, <laughs> what you find is that this main character, the masks that she wears provide her with safety. Mm-hmm. They provide her with security. They give her power. Um, but what they don't allow for is relationship. Mm-hmm. They don't allow for a face-to-face interaction. Thus, the idea of the title, Till We Have Faces. And one of the quotes from it is, and the whole idea is, um, you know, we're dealing with Greek mythology. And so part of it is like they're trying to interact with the gods, you know, Mm -hmm. 
And obviously we don't believe in Greek mythology, blah, blah, blah. But the concept still holds true, what I'm about to say, for human interaction, but then also our interaction with God. Mm -hmm. And um, he writes, how can the gods meet with us face to face? Um, How can we meet with with one another face to face till we have faces? And this whole idea is like, we need to remove the mask so that Mm -hmm. we can meet with one another face to face so that we can be vulnerable. And, And in that there is, because there's not that protection mm-hmm. we don't have the power because people know what's going on they see the the deep dark parts but it finally allows for your heart to breathe for you to have that relationship that can form you you know because um, uh, people can then speak into that and say here's the truth here's what God says and um, and that's just how like I said God designed us um, we're made to be relational beings and we need to be honest with our God and then with one another. Like I said, those, those chosen two to three people who, um, can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting just examining what we can observe and how, uh, detrimental isolation is mm-hmm. on a large scale. Yeah. You know, we have, like most things, it's something good that's been twisted. Mm-hmm. So we have those values and those practices of solitude and meditating on scripture and prayer by yourself, you know, in your closet or away. So those are all valuable expressions of isolation, but it's directed, right? Mm-hmm. It's directed at God. It's in yeah. communion with God. Um, but then we see what it looks like when that goes on overdrive mm-hmm. through social barriers or just physical isolation. Yeah. You know, you, you put up all these barriers in the mental fatigue and mm-hmm. breakdown yeah. it, it causes on people is, is devastating. Yeah. Like read about, Oh man, who was that? It was an astronaut. I think. Gosh, I, I can't quite remember. Or maybe he was stuck in a cave. I don't know. Space or a cave. cave. <laughs> yeah. Space or uh, cave. I don't know. <laughs> But he was isolated for a long time mm-hmm. and he started going crazy. And I mean, you could probably just Google that and find any number of like anecdotal, mm-hmm. you know, anecdotes about that. Um, you, you know, and you mentioned the discipline of solitude, which is a, um, obviously the, the opposite of what we're talking about. Yeah. But one of the purposes of the discipline of solitude is so that you can enter back into community in a, um, a healthy way so that you're not enmeshed with everybody else's opinions or thoughts and that you can, um, more clearly, um, and accurately obey God, right. And to hear his voice, um, and not be, not have it surrounded by everybody else. And, you know, like the quintessential example of like solitude, we always think of monks. Mm -hmm. Well, they lived in communities. Yeah. So it was like, you know, abbeys and cloisters and yeah. And like, you know, their cave was like next to a neighboring cave where other monks lived. So it was like, (laughs) and they'd yell philosophical things at each other. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we just can't escape it. And, um, in our Western culture, it, it can be hard to push outside of that gravitational pull, but, um, it is a necessary essential part of, of walking with Christ. And so I would encourage you that if you, man, if you love like prayer and you love scripture, um, but you're not in something, uh, community like what I'm talking about, I would encourage you to think through those two to three people and, um, 
spend time with them and develop that relationship. Um, and I believe that you'll see fruit in your walk. Yeah. Uh, one last thing for me, you reminded me, of, you brought up the idea of enmeshed, in, enmeshment. Is that yeah. a word? Enmeshment? Uh, yeah. yeah. Look it up. Let's do it. Word. Um, where, where there's a codependency yeah. that's forming mm-hmm. relationally. And uh, I'm reminded of the trend that is popular now. Little idea called stoicism. Don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> it's, it's been around for centuries. Um, and that philosophy is all built around um, self-sufficiency, mm. um, flexibility, a way that does not, it's like the opposite of enmeshment, mm. that isolation. Mm-hmm. We say, well, we don't need anything. And just like community, the idea isn't find your everything in community nor is it find your everything alone. Mm-hmm. They're both wrong. It's it's find your everything in God, mm-hmm. and that's going to allow you to operate alone and in a community in healthy right. ways that keeps you grounded because the, the message, unless uh, I need to be corrected, is not communities where you're going to find all of your answers right. of your life. It is one of the, the many blessings that God has bestowed upon us, but it's still... It requires God to be attached to it to find its fullness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All I'm saying is don't neglect it um, because we can very easily focus on perhaps, you know, the individual disciplines. Think, ah, I don't need it. And I mean, that's, we're dealing with it in a stoic way, you know, as you just mentioned, um, describing stoicism. So for sure. Yep. Well, there's no shortage of ways for things to go wrong, but the good news is, God has designed for us uh, a way that we can experience this in a really healthy way. And so I appreciate you chewing on that and and bringing that today. Cause I think wherever you fall on the spectrum, whether it's needing too much from community and being an oversharer or um, somebody who constantly feels like their needs aren't being met or being somebody who wants to tell themselves they don't need anybody and they don't need community and, you know, they just them and their Bible and they can do it. It's like, well, the, the Lord didn't give us that luxury. Yeah. <laughs> no part of scripture <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prescribes that yeah, <laughs> method. Sure. So, um, so thanks coming along, Lou. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris. Listener, as always, we will get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.